Well, good morning, everybody. For those who do not know, my name is in this brand new series today called Jesus. On the count of three, I want you to say that name with me. Ready? One, two, three. Say the name. Jesus. Something about it. There's something about that name when you hear it. It calms your nerves. It calms your anxieties. Because that name is above every other name and it's a name that we're gonna talk about because he made some audacious claims to be something way more than just a rabbi or a prophet. He didn't get crucified because he talked about God. He got crucified because he said he was God. And he made seven statements walking up to the cross that we're gonna talk about over the next few weeks and what the one we're gonna talk about today is, is Larry and Mike up in True North said, I am the bread of life. And by the way today, would you guys encompass, welcome back our True North and Patio family today. Would y'all welcome them back? Good to see you guys. So glad you're here. So glad you're here. For all of you watching online today, thank you so much for joining us. John, Chapter six is where we're gonna be. So if you've got a physical Bible with you, go ahead and turn there. If you've got the app out, it's probably the easiest way to follow along. Go to, if you don't have it, North Star Church, Georgia, in the app store, and all the notes are right there, and the text is right there, and it's probably the easiest way to follow along. John chapter six, would you guys stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together? The day we're talking about, it's been a busy day in the ministry of Jesus, and we'll, we'll, we'll frame it for you as we'll read it. Here we go. John 6, verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? He answered them, saying, truly, truly, I say to you, you were seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill, ate your fill of the loaves. All right, time out real quick. Earlier that day, there had been a gathering. People had showed up to hear Jesus, and there was a massive crowd. We know there were 5,000 men there, women and children, 10, 15,000 people there on that hillside, and there was a problem. The problem was it was getting near dinner time, and they were gonna need to eat, and there was nowhere. Zaxby's is closing, Chick-fil-A's closing. I mean, nothing there. So he's like, what do we need to do? And Philip goes, if we had 200 denarii, meaning more than we've all got. We couldn't feed all these people. And Andrew said, well, there's a little boy with five loaves and two fish here. And Jesus said, bring them to me. You remember, Jesus blessed them. They fed not only the 5,000, they fed the, the women and children as well. And every disciple left with a basket of bread to eat. That had just happened. Well, Jesus went away by himself. The disciples went on the lake to go where he was and a storm blew up and Jesus came walking to them on the lake. That's all gone on before we read this. So Jesus looks at them and says, listen, you saw the signs, but because you're, you're not asking this, but you're, you're asking it because you ate your fill of the loaves, meaning, guys, you're missing what this is all about. You're missing it. So let's pick up the story, verse 27. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father set the seal. Then they said to him, what must we do then to be doing the works of God? And he answered them, this is the work of God, that you, what's the next word? 
Say it with me again, what is it? That's your job, that's what he says. Your job is to believe the one that he sent. So they said, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work would you perform? They just saw a stadium full of people fed from five loaves and two fish. They just watched him walk on water and now they say, but if you could show me a little more, it would really help us out. Our fathers ate the man in the wilderness as it is written, they said. You gave them bread from heaven to eat. So all their ancestors, remember, were the ones that wandered in the wilderness and their ancestors were provided for by the Lord with manna, which means what is it? Because it was sent down from heaven. They didn't know what it was, but it sustained them. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father who gives you the true bread. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, sir, give us this bread always. They still don't get it. They still are looking for the physical bread. This is where Jesus makes the statement. He said to them, I, as we said down here, He's the subject. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Would you pray with me? God made the conversation you had that day with these disciples be the conversation you have with us. May the light bulbs that came on for them be the light bulbs that come on for us. That we may see, hear, and know that you're more than a good teacher and you're more than a good philosopher and you're more than a great rabbi, but you are the bread of life. And Father, that's what we ask you to do for us today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. You may be seated. So, you know, it's funny, we, we read this story and we go, well, of course, no bread would ever satisfy me. I know that it would make me hungry. So a few weeks ago, we celebrated my birthday and Ann and I went out to our favorite restaurant. We got a favorite restaurant here in Atlanta. How many of y'all have a favorite place to eat? It's like your place, all right? So we went to our place. It's like, it, we get out, we, we go down there, it's a, they got great steaks, and I ate it. And, and I am not a eight o'clock dinner guy, I'm a five o'clock dinner guy, all right? I'm like, I'm the beat the crowd dinner guy. And I'm old, all right? Don't, don't judge me, but I'm old. So we go and eat. By nine o'clock that night, guess what I was? I was hungry. Because as good as the food was, you still wanted a little bit more. Isn't it that way? I mean, you always are gonna get hungry. That's why we eat breakfast, why we eat lunch, why we eat dinner, why we snack, why we don't. Why? Because it's physical hunger. We get that. And we go, well, I understand more than those guys. Nothing's ever gonna satisfy me. So we make it a little more complicated in our country and in the world that we live in. We look to things to satisfy us. Maybe it's a relationship, right? If we find the right person Jerry Maguire had it right. They will complete us. Is that true or false? False. Some of you are sitting beside somebody and you're afraid to say it. It's false. They are gonna, don't get mad. They're not gonna complete you. They can add to your joy. They can add to your enjoyment. They're not gonna fill that missing piece. It's great. Yesterday, I did a wedding for a little couple 
at a, at a altar in uh, Rockmart, went an altar out in the field in Rockmart, and this little bride and groom said, I do. That's great, but they're gonna need more. Well, maybe it's accolades, right? If I win the right accolade, it'll be enough. Well, the problem with that is about a year after you've won it, nobody knows who you are anymore, right? Isn't that the way it works? I remember I got inducted into my high school baseball hall of fame, high school athletic hall of fame, and I went down to throw out the first pitch of the game. And in your brain, you're gonna walk up and all the kids are gonna be like, oh, this is great. They're like, hey, old guy, throw the ball so we get the game going, right? I mean, nobody cares, and it's over. Or, or maybe it's this, right? And loan this to me. I have to give it back after the service. But anyway, so maybe, maybe, maybe we chase this. And if we make enough of these, it will fill the void we got. Does this fill the void, yes or no? Is it bad to have? No, but it ain't gonna make you happy. Or, or maybe it's a sport that we chase. So this ball, I, I, I it looks really old for a reason because it was a long time ago. It was my first college win. I didn't know that it would be my last college win, but it, it's true. I only had one, I kept them all, right? But does that make you happy? No. Why? Because there is a hunger put inside of us, nothing, no one can fill. And Jesus knows that. He knows this, and if you're taking notes this morning, he knows we're looking for something that will satisfy us. And none of those things satisfy us. They're all wonderful things. Accolades are great, people are great, sports are great, money's great, careers are great, the right promotion's great, the right office is great, the right neighborhood's great, the right car is great. All of those, they're all great things. There's nothing wrong with those things. Or when I retire, I'll be completely satisfied when I retire. Really? You'll be satisfied when you retire? Or there'll still be something there that's missing. So when Jesus doesn't satisfy us, there's a reason. Write down a couple thoughts, ready? Maybe I'm following Jesus. Maybe he's not satisfying me because I'm following Jesus for the wrong reasons, right? I'm following him not for who he is. I'm following him for what he can give me. Maybe I'm not following him for who he is. Maybe I'm not worshiping who he is. I'm just following him for what he can give me. And this is how I remember it. So I have to write down, I'm not very bright. And so I have to write down things. I, I, I treat him like a genie in a bottle, right? He's the genie that if I rub it right, I'll get the promotion. I rub it right, the right prayer is gonna be answered. And I rub it right, my career is gonna advance. And I rub it right, the right people are gonna come in my life. And I rub it right, and nothing bad's ever gonna happen to me. And, and if I do it just right. The problem with it is, if all he is is a genie in a bottle, are there gonna be times we pray for something doesn't come through like we like? Yes. And if he's only a genie in a bottle, you will walk away from that genie when he doesn't come through for you. And we don't worship him for who he is. And that's what the disciples were doing. It's exactly what they were doing. Look, look with me, it's gonna pop up on the screen. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you're seeking me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the fill of the loaves, you just want more food. You're chasing me for me. You came over here because you're hungry. 
and you want me to give you some more food. You're not coming because you wanted me or you believe in who I am. You're coming because I, I filled your belly and I gave you a basket. But we do the same thing, though. We make him out into a, a genie god. We don't worship him for who he is. We worship him for what he does. And the minute he doesn't do it like we want it, we're out. Talked to a lot of people. Man, why don't you go to church anymore? Well, I remember I used to go to church and I prayed for this and it didn't come through and I, I felt like God had quit on me. He was a genie God. Number two, I'm relying on something besides Jesus for my happiness. I'm relying on this. So money, we just said this the other week, money is inanimate, it's neither good or bad. Can we lose money, yes or no? Yes. Buy a new car, drive off the lot, you lost money, Right? The market could crash. I mean, right now, the real estate market's crazy, but it could crash. The 401Ks, 403Bs, all that. I mean, that's all stuff. Here, here's the way I wrote it in my notes, ready? Never lean on something that can't hold me up. Never lean on something that can't hold me up. I adore Ann. We've been married 29 years. We're going on 30 years of marriage. Y'all know last week I didn't have a voice she loved it. It was awesome. Our house, she loved it. It was great. But, but she needs more than me. Never lean on something that can't hold you up. The disciples, look at what, look at what he said in verse 27. Don't work for food that perishes don't put your hope in something you can lose, is what he was saying, but for the food that endures to eternal life. Sometimes we're not satisfied in Jesus because we're relying on something other than Jesus to satisfy us. And I want you to write this little thought down. We're gonna move on, ready? But nothing in this world can ever satisfy you like he can. Nothing. No person, no thing can satisfy you. I'll, I'll, invariably do marriage counseling and a couple will come in and they're like, we're just not connecting well, we're not getting along well, we think we should have kids and that will bring us closer together. Okay, pray for them, all right? And so that's not gonna bring you closer together, right? Because th that missing piece is not a person or a thing. It's the person. That's the missing piece. Principle number three, Maybe I'm not satisfied because I'm trying to earn God's approval. For some of us, our relationship with God is like a, uh, a tryout. And we're always trying to make him pleased. We wanna study enough, write enough, pray enough, do enough quiet times, share Jesus enough, go to enough small groups, serve enough in the community. And if I do all those things, I am going to earn God's favor. God is gonna love me more, all right? God loves you as much today as he's ever going to love you. You don't do those things to earn his love. You do those things because you love. Does that make sense to everybody? You can't earn God's approval. You can't. 
There's not enough good things. Well, I'm gonna volunteer with Sellers and I'm gonna come on Tuesday nights and I'm gonna volunteer at Wave and I'm gonna volunteer at HSM and I'm gonna volunteer for the middle school ministry, six, seven, eight, and I'm gonna volunteer for our kids and volunteer for preschool. All those are great things and they're all wonderful things. Then I'm gonna go to eight small groups and I'm gonna, you can't earn God's approval. God already loves you. But in our brain, I gotta work for it. Look, look, at they were the same way. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered, this is the work of God. Here's your job, that you may, what's the next word? You have one job, and that's to believe. The whole book of John was written so that you may believe that he is the one who comes to save the world. Maybe there's that hole there because you've tried to earn something that was freely given to you and you can't work enough to earn it. Finally, point number four, maybe you're not satisfied because you've never had a personal relationship with Jesus. All right, everybody look at me. Don't beat yourself up. These guys were with him every day and they didn't get it. They're with him every day. I mean, surely to goodness, if I had seen him feed 15,000 people, I'd go, all right, he's the guy, right? Or I watched him walk on water. It's storming and here he comes. He's coming over. I get it. Not, not these guys. I have never had a personal relationship with Jesus. Look at the way scripture captures it. For the bread of God is he who comes from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, give us this bread always. And look at the way Jesus responded. I am the bread. I'm not the physical bread. I am the spiritual bread. Look at what he says. Whoever comes to me shall not, what's the next word? Hunger. You know those aching pains of trying everything, but at the end of the day, you're still hungry? Not when you meet me. And whoever believes in me will never thirst. This has been a crazy week. So you know, last Sunday I had no voice. Just allergies, I guess, I don't know what it was, but I had, a, I had to drive to Gwinnett on Sunday afternoon and do a service, memorial service or gentlemen, Monday here we got to honor Butch Arnett for many of you that knew the gentleman in the parking lot, Creekside parking lot with a floppy hat that's literally, if you've ever parked there, you know Butch. I mean, he's parked every car for 24 years here at North Star. Butch went home to be with the Lord and we honored his life on Monday. And then on Thursday, I was in um, Alabama to honor a 24-year-old young man that lost a, lost a battle. But you know what gave this week hope? All of them had eaten of the bread that was sustained far past this life. And as sad as those days were, and they were sad, they all got celebrated, why? Because the one that eats of that bread will never be hungry again. And they're with Jesus now and better off than all of us here. <clears throat> this past 
year has been a crazy year. Video captured it so well. For four years, I've been hosting a Zoom Bible study every Monday. Every Monday for four years for pro baseball scouts, college baseball coaches. It started because these guys don't get to go to church. So pro baseball scouts will spend an average of 200 to 260 nights a year in a hotel, which means going to church, they play on Sundays, they may be home on Mondays and Tuesdays, and then they're, they're road warriors. College baseball guys are playing road trips and then scouting in the fall. They're, they're, never, they're never home. So we started Bible saying we ran eight to 14 guys. It was great on Zoom. I was doing Zoom before the world did Zoom, by the way. All right, and so for Zoom, back, back when nobody knew how to get on it, back was when I was doing it. And so been doing it for years. Well, the quarantine happens. And right before the quarantine, there was a, a, uh, a group that gathered out in the Midwest back last January. And a guy did a present, it's called Pitching Palooza, all right? And so they're doing a whole thing on pitching. There's a couple hundred coaches there. And the guy teaching it at that, at that clinic goes, hey, at the end of it, I've told you about baseball, but I wanna tell you a little bit about my faith. Every Monday, I go to a Bible study online. If any of you are interested, come see me. Well, one of the guys that came and saw him emails me back last January and said, hey, heard about your Bible study? I want in on it. So I emailed him the stuff. I said, here's the problem. We're 9 a.m. every Monday morning, Eastern Standard Time. He's in California. And I said, so I, it may be a little hard. He goes, no, no I, I, there's something missing. I need, I need it. So he starts attending. He starts watching North Star. Quarantine happens. We go from 14 to 40 to 80 coaches and scouts every Monday. 80. It's unbelievable. Guys from Ontario to Boston to the Dominican Republic. We got people all over, literally all over the world that tune into this deal. Pretty cool deal. November, that coach from California now has gotten a new job at a new junior college. He texted me, he said, man, I, there's something I just can't put my finger on I need to talk about. Let's do it. Tonight, seven o'clock, we gather up on Zoom. I invite a buddy named Kevin who's in our Bible study. He's a scout with the White Sox. We meet up Monday night, seven o'clock, and this coach says these words to me. I'm coming to church every Sunday. We've just had a new baby. We've got a new house. I've got the, my dream job. These were the words, but there's something fill in the blank. Like I watch every Sunday. He's getting up at 6 a.m. to be in Bible study. There's something missing. And I asked this question. I said, Coach, probably late 20s. I said, Coach, I know you know about Jesus, but have you ever met Jesus as your Lord and Savior? He goes, no. I said, would you like to tonight? He said, I would. So I said, Kevin, would you like to do the honors? You're a baseball guy. And that night on a Zoom call, Kevin introduces this coach to the bread of life and leads him to meet Christ. We get done with the prayer, same one we pray here all the time. We get done with that and Kevin goes, anybody, is your wife home? And he said, she is. I want you to go up and tell her what you just did. 
And we can hear this. He leaves his old basement room, walks up the stairs, and you can hear weeping at the top of the stairs. That daddy, husband, had just changed his life forever. It's one of those memories that will always be etched in my mind. Because here was a hole that he had filled with a million things and nothing could fill the hole but who? Say it with me again, who? And maybe that's you today. Maybe you've tried it all. Maybe you've searched, maybe you've worked, maybe you've been trying to earn God's approval, you've been going to church, you've been going to small group, you've been earning money, you've been moving to bigger neighborhoods, you've been having more kids, you've been driving nicer cars. You've been looking for the perfect job or the perfect person. And all of those things just hit the wall. Why? Because nothing can ever satisfy your hunger. Like he can. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we try so hard. We look so many places. You are the bread of life. You are what we're looking for. You are what we need. And you are the one that causes us to never be hungry again. Maybe you're sitting in this room today. Maybe you're watching online today. Maybe you're sitting in True North or on the patio and you say, man, Mike, that coach's story is my story. I have filled, I have tried, I have looked, I have sought and come up empty. Mike, I'm a 42 year old business guy whose kids know Jesus better than he does. But I don't want that anymore. I want to know Jesus for me. Can I lead you in a prayer to meet him? Could I? It goes like this, dear Lord Jesus. Would you pray that? Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you live for me. Would you pray that? I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. So I'll never be hungry again. If you're in one of our venues or if you're watching online this morning and you prayed and asked Jesus into your heart today on the count of three, if you're in one of our venues on the count of three, I want you to just lift your hand up and let us know if you're watching online. I want you to chat with the host and let them know. I asked Jesus in my heart today on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. If you prayed that prayer with me today, would you just put your hand up right where you are this morning? You can just put your hand up and put it right back down. Put it up and put it right back down. Amen. Boy, Jesus, may we never stop worshiping who you are and what you've done. May you be our king that we seek for every good thing. And I pray it in Jesus' name.